Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Content Etc. Today we are talking all about email marketing and this is part of my content spotlight series. So this is all about some of my favorite content marketing platforms and today is all about emails, but I am not an expert when it comes to email marketing, which is why I asked an expert to join me. Now, this interview was actually recorded late last year, so late in 2021, and due to things in my personal life, obviously just stepped back from the podcast for a bit, I never got a chance to release it. But thankfully, unlike Instagram and other social media, which we've seen a lot of changes on, Thankfully, there aren't as many changes on email marketing. It's a much more evergreen content platform. And so everything that we talked about in this interview is still so relevant and will be so, so helpful. So this is for you if you think that you should start an email list, you've sort of been hearing about it, but you're not sure where to start. It is a bit overwhelming to start with. So my guest, who is Kelly Cookson from Cheer Up Marketing, she is going to break down some of the simplest ways to get started with your email list and why it's so important to do that as well. And it's also great if you you know, have an email list, but you haven't sent many emails or you've started it and you've not sent any emails and you just kind of feel confused about how to actually get started sending those emails. This will be a great place to start. So make sure you've got a notebook handy, grab a cup of tea, we'll get settled in and hopefully you'll feel super inspired to get involved with your email marketing. And you're going to hear us talk about this at the end of the episode, but Just before we dive in, you can join my email marketing list and get a free ebook full of creative content prompts. There's a link to that in the notes for this episode in your podcast app. And there's also a link to Kelly's freebie and email list. And that's going to help you with subject lines to get your emails opened once you've started sending emails. Both really, really helpful things. I've also popped um, my affiliate link to Flowdesk in there, which is what I use for my emails. That will give you 50% off using that. Now that does mean I get a small commission as well, but I genuinely really love Flowdesk. It makes sending emails super, super easy. So that is enough for me. I'm so glad to be finally sharing this interview with you because it's full of tips and advice. And like I said, I hope that you find it super, super inspiring 
Don't forget to tag me and Kelly on Instagram if you're listening and if it's inspired you to start sending emails as well. Enjoy. I wanted to invite you today because I think even though we know we should be doing an email list, we all get a bit caught up with how to get started. So today is very, very basic. How do you get started and how do you get the ball rolling if you've, you know, you've set up that account and you either haven't sent an email or you've sent a few. So, you know, maybe one day in the future we can do a more advanced tips, but this is like right from the very beginning. So Kelly, do you want to give us a little quick rundown of what you do and probably like why you love email marketing as well and why you recommend it. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks so much for the lovely intro and for having me on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so it's really nice to have um, to be here and to chat about email marketing, which is obviously my favorite marketing topic. And I think if people are listening to this and they are at that beginner stage or have maybe done a little bit of email, but it's been a little bit hit and miss, sporadic, a little bit inconsistent, don't worry, you can absolutely start today, not tomorrow, start today and start building that list and get back on the email marketing horse if you've fallen off it. Um, so where do you want me to start then? Should I give a bit of an intro about me and what I'm doing with, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, go She's for nodding. It. <laughs> she's nodding, but she can't see on the podcast. She's like, yes. So yeah, I'll just give you a bit of background about me and why I'm qualified to talk to you about email marketing. So I'm Kelly Cookson, as Michelle said, and I run my own business, Chair at Marketing, and I've been running this business since January 2020. Um, but before that, I worked in various marketing roles in corporate organizations. So I've actually got 13 years marketing experience under my belt now, which sounds like a hell of a long time and makes me feel old. But at the same time, I've got plenty of knowledge to share with people. And I've been doing email marketing for a long time, I'd say it probably has been the whole 13 years, but the way we used to do it in 2008, yeah, nothing like what we do now. And back then, my um, my marketing job was for a law firm. So we used to send out an email newsletter once a month called The Legal Eye, which, oh my goodness, it was dry. Um, so it wasn't the best example of email marketing. But I've been doing it for a long time, and I've learned lots of tricks and tips and what is good for emails um, throughout the last sort of 13 years. So I started my own business, and I thought, well, I could offer everything that I do around digital marketing and help businesses with everything from website copy to social media to um, online events but email was really where my passion is at because I think for solopreneurs or entrepreneurs or small business owners however you want to classify yourself the small guy the the one woman bands I think email marketing opens so many doors and is such an accessible marketing tool. And I'll tell you a little bit more about why I think so. But um, certainly for my business, from starting my list from zero, um, sort of 18 months ago, you know, I've grown it now. And it's at the point where I can send out an email and invite people to work with me. And I will get positive replies. And it's been a really um, reliable source of leads. And also really nice place to connect with my audience and have some cozy chats in the inbox with people that I genuinely want to build relationships with. So the way I teach and the way I do email marketing for myself is definitely not that kind of pushy, spammy, salesy, sleazy, icky feeling type marketing. It's all about creating relationships in the inbox. So and a sense of community. I love that you sort of teach how email marketing can be fun as well, because, mm. um, oh gosh, it'd be like nearly a year ago now, which is a bit scary because it feels like 
not so long ago, I did one of your free challenges in your lovely Facebook group and sort of revamped my email newsletter, which we're going to talk about why not to call it a newsletter a little bit later because I know that's one of your favourite subjects. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I sort of revamped it a bit and you really helped me through that challenge just find a new love for it again. And it's probably now one of my favourite things to do in my business to sit down and you know I over the last few months I have had some moments where I felt no creative spark at all but it's coming back and the other day you know I was getting ready to go somewhere and an idea just popped into my head and I was like that would be perfect for an email and what I like about it in my business obviously something like this podcast is a lot more tips driven it's these expert conversations and while I do share some tips in my emails it's a place for me to share some personal stories to bring in my personal experiences while also hopefully imparting some wisdom I feel weird saying that because I mean how big-headed to be like I'm going to give you some wisdom but (laughs) I weave in some advice and I know that you love the personal storytelling aspect of your emails as well. That's why I enjoy reading them. That's why I signed up to your email oh, list and I you. connect with that. So I think you like, this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast because you are, and I know that we're like super aligned when it comes to this, to telling everyday stories, how can you relate it back to your business? And that's, I just had to share that. That's what I, I love. <laughs> and I, I do genuinely really enjoy email marketing as well. So is first, before we sort of get into getting started, Is there any business you would say don't use email marketing? No. (laughs) Short answer, no. I'll tell you why. So I think if you you are a business owner, you've got a business, you're going to need email marketing, and this is why. At some point in your business life, there is going to be some something big that you want to announce to your audience. Now, the obvious thing is you've got um, a new product or a service that you want to sell, or you know you've got a space for a new client, or maybe you're launching something exciting like an online course or a membership, um, or there's just something going on that you really, really need to get everybody's eyes on this new thing, and you're really excited about it. Email is the most reliable way to do that. So absolutely, you'll put it out on your social media, so wherever you are, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. But the reach that you get from social media is absolutely minute compared to email marketing. So I put some stats out in my own email newsletter, actually. (laughs) And the stats were that I found, I think around 5.1% of your audience will see your Facebook post. And it's around 6% of your audience for Instagram stories. Now, if you compare that to email marketing, when you send an email out, you aren't going to get 100% of people open that email. But if your email open rate, especially when you're new and you have a small list, it will be higher. Say 40 to 50% of people are opening your emails. I mean, you do the math on 100 subscribers, that's 40 or 50 people reading your email versus five people seeing your Facebook post if you've got 100 Facebook followers. Um, So there's that reason. But the thing is, you can't just suddenly send out an email to a list if you've managed to grow a list if you haven't said anything prior to that big announcement. So nobody likes that person that just rocks up to them like at a party or whatever, or at a bar or knocks on their door and is like, hey, you want to buy this thing or want to go out with me or, you know, want to buy me a drink? It's like, no, who are you? So you've got to do the warming up, which is the nurturing before you actually make that big announcement. And of course, grow your list because you want to be getting your social followers onto an email list so that you can reliably get that message in front of them. And even if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to use email to sell, like it doesn't feel comfortable to me, Well, think of it this way. Say maybe you're taking a month off work or you're going, taking a sabbatical for three months or something, or maybe you're changing what your business is about. So maybe you're pivoting or niching down. 
you're going to need to communicate that important information to your audience. And I think without an email list, you're putting all of your eggs in the social media basket and no one's going to see that message or a very small percentage of people will. So yeah, it's really important to start building a list as a business owner, sending out a regular email. And then when it comes to time to ask people to work with you or make your exciting announcement, you'll have more eyes on you in that inbox than you will have on social media. So yeah, what business doesn't need that? I can't think of any business that wouldn't need to be able to communicate with their audience in that reliable way. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you're sort of thinking, well, I don't know what I'd say in a regular email or anything like that, having something that you own the email list and communicating even with previous clients and and followers and stuff like that and communicating with them in that way is so, so helpful. And, you know, we often say that email list is one of the very few things that you own as a business owner as well. You know, you're not relying on a third party like Instagram to, you know, communicate your message. So there's a bit, there's a bit of safety in that, isn't there? Yeah, if you absolutely. can't get attacked or anything. It's, <laughs> so. it's risky business to grow your business on social alone, for sure. Yeah, and you've said it exactly right, Michelle. You own your email <laughs> subscribers and you can choose to contact them as frequently um, or whenever you like. And Mark Zuckerberg's not going to suddenly throttle your reach if he decides that you're selling something and he'd rather you use Facebook ads to do it. So, you know, vital. <laughs> um, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of getting started. The first thing I'm sure a lot of people sort of ask is platform recommendations, but I know that you sort of have some steps you like people to do before we think about that. So what's the first thing that you recommend people do when they are right going to start their email list? Okay, I'm glad you've asked that. Um, Yes, it's all about getting really clear on who your ideal client is because Without doing that piece of work, you aren't going to be able to attract the right people onto your email list. You're going to feel a little bit wishy-washy about your content, unsure of what to write. And when you do send stuff out, if it's not aimed at your ideal client, it's not going to resonate with your ideal client. And then they'll either unsubscribe from your list or, you know, you haven't got them on there in the first place. So it's one of those marketing 101 things. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh man, ideal client again. But yeah, honestly, it's so important. Um, And it can be as simple as Googling something like ideal client template or ideal customer persona. I'm going through the exercises there to really figure out who it is that you want to attract. And um, a word of caution on being too broad, because I know even from my own experience, when I first started my business, I wanted to attract as many people as possible, right? Because you're like, the more people I can sell to, the more chance I have of making this business work and getting paid. But um, the opposite is true. So if you can get really specific about who you would love to work with, so the kinds of problems that you solve for your ideal client, the kind of transformation you can provide, the transformation that they want, even the fun things around, um, and Michelle, you do this really well with your content, of course, but knowing the kind of pop culture references that's going to make your ideal client chuckle or you know pay attention so michelle it's all about her goggle box yeah but you know when i see those things like i had to message you the other night when bake off was on i was like oh my god michelle it's so good yeah um but i know so it sounds silly but if you can think and have a picture in your mind of the person that you're writing to it's going to enable you to write that content that that resonates with them and is more fun to write so you're not just writing to a faceless number on your email list give that person a name think about who they are what they like what they're into um you know what's going to strike a chord with them and then it's going to help you write more compelling content and i will also say on the whole topic of niching and being really specific about your ideal client 
is sometimes you will still attract people who sit outside of that exact framework because you you become almost more attractive to people when you're really specific about saying who your service or your offering is for. For example, you know, some of my ideal clients are perhaps a little bit further along with email marketing than beginners, but the beginners seeing my content aspire to be that person who has an email list and is sending regular emails and needs my help. So they will still reach out to work with me. And if they are, if I can help them, then I will. So you end up attracting more people by being specific, but you definitely attract the right people as well. So you have to do that piece of work before you um, start doing your email list. Or if you've already got your email list going, then I advise you to go back and do some ideal client work and have fun with it and see, you know, Get in your mind who you're writing your lovely emails to. It helps a lot. And then the other thing um, is, I know you've spoken about before and I did this in the challenge as well, is um, talking a little bit about, you know, what the emails are going to be about and the newsletter, to use the dreaded phrase, what that's going to be about. (laughs) So what's your advice around that? Yeah, so I'll explain what um, Michelle means by saying the dreaded (laughs) newsletter. So in that challenge, and I actually still advise people to do this um, today, is I think that it's not compelling enough to just invite people to subscribe to my weekly newsletter because I think it sounds dry and really boring and who on earth wants more news? Like, no thanks. (laughs) So um, my play on that is to come up with an exciting or interesting sexy name for your email list. So... Michelle has hers and mine's called the cheer list, which fits in with my brand cheer marketing. But crucially, whether or not you decide to give your newsletter a name actually isn't the be all and end all. Although I will say you can't just ask people to subscribe to a weekly or monthly newsletter because nobody is going to do that. What you need to do at the point that you're asking them to subscribe is to make clear the benefits of doing so. So one way to do that is via something called a lead magnet, also known as an opt-in freebie, where you'd package up something of value for your ideal client and give it away for free in exchange for their email address. But the other way to do it is around just explaining what your emails are going to contain and the the, the so what factor. Why should somebody hand you their precious email address? What are you going to be writing to them about? And how often? You know, some people write an email every day, and I'm sure myself as a subscriber, I would like to know that if I'm signing up to something, it's going to be daily because otherwise it's like, whoa, this is a bit much. (laughs) Um, So let people know, I'll send you one to two emails a week or, you know, whatever it is. And it's going to be about this. And this is why it's great for you. Um, So just to make that point clear that at the point where you're asking people to opt in. Yeah, definitely. I think that really helped me as well in terms of content ideas, just kind of going that next step further. Once I narrowed down, okay, what is this going to deliver? What's the value? It became so much easier to think of ideas because I could always tie it back to that one thing. So you're really making your life so much easier if you give yourself that clear thing rather than, I'm just going to like a vague, I'm just going to write this email newsletter and it's just going to be about stuff. Like getting really specific on that. So, you know, for example, is it, I'm going to share a story from my week and I'm always, I'm going to, you know, you know, have to share this with people, but saying to yourself, right, it's going to be a story that I'm going to share. and I'm going to relate it to my business. Or is it, I'm going to share, you know, recommendations for things and I'm going to, I'm going to tell them a book to read and a movie to watch and a podcast to listen to something that, I don't know, it gives you a better frame of reference to be able to come up with those ideas as well. So I found that really helped me. Um, And also, you know, it just means that you can communicate more clearly with people what they get because that so what question is basically my favourite thing to ask about anything, a blog, podcast, anything. Why should someone care? 
so being able to summarize that is yeah it's the the best really and then you'll probably find actually I suppose if you do that that you might be able to pin down a name or something as well because you'll have a bit more of an idea of what people can expect so what what's sort of the next step once we've got that is it straight on to choosing an email provider or should we do something like a lead magnet when when should we do that sort of thing so I think it's all about making your life as easy as possible when you're starting out, especially if you're relatively new to being a business owner. Um, you know, you have so many hats to wear, like figuring out the finance and figuring out, I don't know, even how to get your website live, all of that stuff. So I think going straight for a lead magnet might feel like a bit of a stretch, but at the bare minimum, you need to have that proposition sorted out. So the so what factor, you know, your ideal client. So from then on, it would go to choosing some of the um, an email service provider or ESP. So the software that you're going to send your emails from, because you absolutely should not be bulk sending from a tool like Gmail or Outlook or Hotmail or whatever. It needs to go from an email provider to um, ensure that for boring technical reasons that your emails actually get there. Like Gmail doesn't like you bulk mailing lots of strangers basically so you need an email provider so you're going to need that before you can set up a form to collect your email addresses so this is the next step once you're clear on what you're doing um, and this is where the tech thing comes in that I know can be a bit of a barrier for um, quite a lot of people but I will say there is an email provider out there that you will be able to use there are so many to choose from tech is a super personal thing as well so if you go into one, say you have a go at MailerLite is one of my favorites for beginner um, beginners, or I actually used ConvertKit in my business when I started because um, I just really liked the interface and I felt like it was going to give me everything I needed for a relatively low investment of around £24 a month, I think it was. But if you go in, all of these providers will give you a 14-day free trial or thereabouts. So go in, have a play. And if it's like an alien landscape and stressing you the hell out and you can't think of even how to begin to send an email in it, Go and try a different one because they all look really different. Um, Mailchimp, you know, has hundreds of thousands of customers, but boy, I, I struggle to even know where the. I can't deal. I cannot deal with it. Um, no. I, I, I would say MailerLite, I think, is one of the best free options out mm -hmm. there in terms of the features. I know Mailchimp has a free option, but they have downgraded so many yeah. features. Yeah, and I think. To start out with, MailerLite is the best option because you can, I'm pretty sure you can still do like a welcome sequence and, you know, you can still do some of those things that you might only get to do in paid things otherwise. Um, but I remember we had this conversation, I think I asked in, in the challenge as well, and I was like, oh, you know, should I, should I try Flowdesk because everybody else was mm -hmm. doing it? And I admit that that, that got me because I was looking at all their emails and thinking, oh, they look really pretty. and. You know, the thing that we sort of talked about and the conclusion I came to was actually having an aesthetically pleasing email made me want to send more emails. Mm -hmm. So I guess that was good for me in the end. Exactly. And it might not be for everybody. And I will admit, you know, I would, I preferred the analytics of ConvertKit, mm -hmm. but I like the ease with which I can send an email now and it feels fun. And actually, my favorite thing is the integration with Giphy because I can easily put a GIF in <laughs> <laughs> without having to download. Yeah, that's so yeah. important. So 
to make it feel like it's fun and easy, go with the tech that does that. Yeah, Flowdesk is relatively new to the market and I'm sure they will have more and more features and um, analytics and stuff as they develop. But again, that's a great tool. And I would say if you have a creative business um, such as maybe you're a photographer or definitely if you have a physical um, product that you're taking photos of, then something like Flowdesk has some beautiful templates that you can drag and drop and use um, from scratch. So for me, um, at the moment, I'm using Kartra because it's an all-in-one system and I keep my group program in there and, and various other things and video content and so on. Um, but I really love their, their email system as well. The analytics are great. And you, it's more like a CRM. You can do lots of um, fun tagging and adding points to subscribers and all that kind of stuff. But um, if you are not comfortable with email design or you know, you're not that bothered about making it look pretty, I also think that's a good thing because if you can make your email really, really easy for you to send out. So for me, I occasionally put a gif in i am a fan of emoji so i'll copy paste some loads in there but there's really no formatting i just write it out in a google doc i copy paste it into Kartra. i add my links maybe stick a fun gif in there and, and do some bold or italics test it and send it it takes me less than 10 minutes to build test and schedule my email because i ain't got time to be faffing about with dragging and dropping pretty pictures in with <laughs> a banner nope and also yeah. you know Sometimes um, the emails will get the images blocked so they don't come out the other end. So don't yeah. think that you have to create something that looks amazing. Um, you can absolutely have just a really plain email and let the words do the talking. Works for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And um, even even though I enjoy the templates of Flowdesk, I've got one I use now and I just duplicate each time and easy. add my new text and make it easy. So let's talk about opt-ins though. If people yes. are at the point where they maybe want to try an opt-in, as you mm. said, it's probably, you don't need it to start out with, you can just get started. And also like you said, this is at the start as well, that email marketing is something you can start with today. And I do love that. It is something you can start with and you can grow and improve and change. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So if you've sent a few emails, you sort of you've got the hang of your email software and everything, and you want to try a lead magnet, where where should we start with that? So it all comes back to your ideal client. You have to look at them and think, right, what would they, how can I give a, a quick win or some, some value that's going to be relatively um, low effort for you to create? I think that's quite important when you're starting out. You'll see some people have amazing lead magnets, and I'm actually planning out a little free video mini course thing to, as a lead magnet but if I tried to do that back in January 2020 it would have blown my mind and I would never have done it so my lead magnet actually which I created probably around April time last year actually um, which has stood me in good stead and, and added lots of people to my list is a simple pdf guide and it's 10 subject line tactics to get your emails opened because I know that one of my ideal clients pain points is not enough people are opening my emails. How do I get more eyes on the content that I'm writing? So there's a lot to be said for creating a strong subject line. So I created a, a guide for that in Canva, 10 things, practical things to do. And then that's been really um, helpful for me grow my list because I've been sharing it in Facebook groups. It's all over the link in bio on Instagram. Um, I, I'll point you to it at the end of this podcast. You can go and download yeah. it and join my list. <laughs> um, so it's been really good to have that relatively simple, quick thing to create, but it does give value. So I think you have to find that ground between um, creating something that's easy for you to create 
versus creating something that nobody wants. <laughs> so it needs to be really geared to your ideal client. So you want to set that up and you'll have um, a landing page that you create either in your email provider or perhaps on your website and your form in whatever email provider you're using will, once they've submitted their email and their name, will fire off an email to deliver that lead magnet. So, or that freebie, whatever it is. But yeah, the, the crucial thing here is to really look at that journey of how can I get um, more of my ideal clients into my audience? What would excite them? And like, what would make them want to hand over their email address to get this, this information, this value? And also try and think about the, the journey towards buying with you. So I think for my guide with helping people to get more eyes on their email, the next sort of logical step is wanting to improve the content of those emails or then improve their conversion or get more help with the copywriting. So, you know, it's giving them a quick win, but it's also opening the door to explore working with me a little bit further. So that's really important that you spend some time thinking about that as an overall piece of marketing strategy, I guess. But like I said, if you've got something already within your marketing collateral that you can tart up a little bit as a free guide and it would deliver that value then go for that don't feel you have to create something from scratch in fact my freebie was a blog it's probably still already on my website but I just repurposed it into a pdf guide and popped it out there so I'd already written it it just needed a little spruce but I love the tip of also looking at that buyer journey so what's what's the next step from that and how can that fit in so that's super helpful thank you perfect (laughs) um so two things um I'd love to know about you know which I think a lot of people get stuck on when they're starting. I know I, I got stuck on it as well. How often do I need to send an email and how the hell do I know what to say when I'm sending the email? Great question. So depending on what your capacity for copywriting is, you're either going to think, oh, that's fine, or you're going to hate me when you hear this next <laughs> thing. But I do not think that once a month is enough to email your list um, because if you think about it across the calendar year, you know, 12 months in a year, that's only 12 emails. And the volume of email that your subscribers are going to receive from other people within that window, within that month, it's so much that your one little sad email is going to get lost in all of the noise. So I would say that gold standard is to aim for an email a week. And I have recently updated mine so that I send two a week and more if I'm selling. Um, So for a little bit of context around the selling stuff, I regularly do live launches for my group program. And so when I'm in launch mode, and I can do this because I've been nurturing my list for a long time, I will send at least one email a day for two weeks to make sure that people know what I'm selling and how they can um, get in there and what the transformation is and all that good stuff. And I can't do that. If I had only been sending one email a month, there's no way I can go from one a month to one a day for like a two week period. It's too much of a leap and it will shock people. And also from, again, a boring technical point of view, it's too much of an increase in volume of traffic. So there is a little risk that those emails could go into spam as it's flagged as unusual activity for me as a sender. Um, So I would say once a week, if you can, if that's too much of a stretch when you're starting out, once every other week would just about cut the mustard. But I think once a month is not enough. But from the content point of view, and Michelle, you've got loads of great advice on this, I know, but try and plan ahead a little bit because if you can figure out at least what the key message or the objective of your content and your email should be, then that helps you to sit down and actually write the thing. Um, I actually quite to, quite like to write my emails fairly reactively to what's going on, like maybe in the last week. So sharing these slices of life or, you know, commenting on things that I've seen on TV or silly things that have happened to me in the street. I don't know. I always tend to like write about something and then tie it back or make an analogy towards email marketing. But the crucial point is I know 
in my business generally what I'm trying to achieve with my marketing. So am I nurture, 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 trying to um, build credibility ahead of selling or launching again? Or am I in sales mode? What am I promoting? Like, what is the call to action? What is the point of this email? Um, and sometimes the point of the email is just to make people smile and maybe reply. You know, that is an absolutely valid objective. But other times it might be more pointy, like I want to showcase um, some content. So maybe when this podcast comes out, you know, that's all part of my authority building process. So I would say I've been on this podcast with Michelle, you know, she's had me on. I know what I'm talking about. Um, so it just helps build that credibility piece. But yeah, I think frequency wise, if you can go for an email a week. And honestly, I knew that that's what I wanted to do because all of the past experience I've got with email marketing said that. Kelly, you're going to have to do one a week. So from starting building my list, I didn't actually send out an email for about three months because I knew once I'd like took the lid off that, <laughs> that's it. I'm going to have go. to do one a week. Yeah, so I did, yeah. um, I did procrastinate a little bit. But to be fair, I was building my list. It took a while because like I said, you know, you're wearing all the hats in the beginning. So I think I got to the grand mighty total of 30 subscribers before I sent an email. And then it was one a week and I've never missed one. Amazing. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Well, I feel good about that now because, but me, when I started email marketing, yeah, it was one a month and I was like, oh my God, how could I possibly think of one a week? But you're so right. Once you're clear on what you're doing, when I look back at that, I didn't really know what I was doing with my business. So therefore I couldn't come up with content to serve those people because I didn't know who I was serving or what I was doing. So yeah, now I'm like, yes, I agree. And I'm, I'm trying to get back in the habit as well um, because I've, I had to take a little bit of time out for things. I still, I sent sporadically like one every couple of weeks. I didn't ghost them completely, but it does feel good to be back in the habit and it feels good. And like I said, you know, I'll be doing something and I think, oh, this could make a really fun little story for my email list, a little slice of life story. Like you said, I also like using my email list as a place to be even more informal and to invite people to get to know me a little bit more, more than they do on Instagram. And I feel like I'm casual on Instagram, but it's still a bit, a bit business. And as I said, while I might like to share some tips, um, it is much more like, here's what's happening in my life. And then relating it back, always relating it back, but yeah, just sharing, sharing those funny things. And also for me as well, a place where I get to do a little bit more creative writing and don't have to think so much about SEO and all that other fun stuff that I try to have my business hat on when I'm doing blog posts and things like that. So yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really enjoy it, but um, it is, it is scary to think at the start, <laughs> but yeah. And the more that you do it, the more you'll enjoy it, hopefully, and the easier it'll get. And as well, you talked about in, in some of your posts and things that, you know, you do set aside that time and you make it a ritual that you do every single week and you just have to be committed to setting the time aside really, don't you? Yes, absolutely. That's key. So I have two hours a week in my diary for writing my email. I found that they generally take me about 45 minutes to write. And then, like I said, 10 minutes to test and send. And actually, because, you know, I only work basically 20, 22 hours a week maximum. So I have to be really, really on it with my time. So putting that hour, I normally stick one in on a Monday and one in on like a Thursday to get my two emails written. That works for me. Um, and 
also a top tip if you're trying to capture slice of life or ideas will always come when I'm driving or in the shower which is really annoying yes <laughs> and I try and do it on my Apple watch because I'm always like, even in the shower I've got it on I'm like hey Siri and it's like it doesn't hear me the water I'm like damn it I take a note. so um get out and grab your phone and put it in I've got Evernote with literally one notebook that says email ideas and there's just loads of stuff in there so I can grab it whenever I think of one then also you know so if I'm like right I really want to write a nurturing email that's really gonna resonate with my ideal client and warm them up for that big launch that's coming up in six weeks time what on earth can I write about I scroll through my phone like oh yeah I've not told that story about that and there was an analogy there and funnily enough so again if you're listening to this and you're relatively new to email marketing it's all about testing right so I have done quite a few emails where it's five ways to do something great with email marketing you know like tips really specific email marketing tips because that's what I think people had signed up for those emails get nowhere near as much engagement or even open opens as the stuff that's more intriguing storytelling what's Kelly on about now type stories and those are the emails that get the replies and the clicks you know if I'm directing them back to a blog or wherever um, rather than the actual value in a traditional sense of I'm going to give you some knowledge on how to do email marketing People don't seem to want to know that. They just seem to want to know my stories and maybe there's a lesson in there about why email marketing is so great or how I'm using it in my business. So don't always fall down the trap of thinking every email needs to be advice on your knowledge. You know, it doesn't have to be value in terms of I'm giving you something, you know, for free, some knowledge here. The value can also be in building that connection and actually telling a story or sharing a lesson that you've learned, something like that. Yeah, and I think maybe that speaks to the fact that, you know, I was saying I like it as a place to write in a more personal way. That's probably what people enjoy as well because we can go on Instagram and be bombarded with all that educational content. So, you know, maybe it's a bit of a trend or something nice, but I'm I'm embracing it um, to tell those more personal stories. And I've definitely enjoyed experimenting more with those maybe weird subject lines to see what the reactions are rather than those traditional, what you would think of as email subject lines. So I, yeah, and that's, this is all stuff that I've previously learned from you and, and seen with courses and stuff. So again, this is why I wanted to have you on. And I'm, I'm sure that people are like frantically scribbling notes and, and, and taking lots of stuff away from this. One final thing um, to finish up on as well, before we finish with your top tips, um, we talked just before we hit record and I was saying that actually something I've done recently is go back through some really old, not really old, like a year old, but it's Instagram. So that's old um, content that, you know, went through my insights, content that got a lot of engagement in terms of comments and things like that. And I've sent those to myself and been like, repurpose this in an email and I'm going to update it and stuff like that. I think I know the answer, but is this the right thing to do? Is this something that people can do if they're starting an email? Is can they go back through their Instagram and turn it into an email? Absolutely. So remember, it's all about making it easy. So if you've got some content that really did well on social, or you've got a podcast that's that's done really well, or maybe you're on YouTube, wherever you've got content, if it's done well in terms of, you know, it's getting the likes and comments, um, or, you know, maybe, maybe that's sending you off down a rabbit hole, but maybe it doesn't even need to have performed amazingly well. Maybe enough people didn't see it because of the dreaded algorithm, right? So if you've got something that you really want to get more eyes on, you think, that was a great post and hardly anybody saw it. And it was so long ago now bring it out, dust it off, maybe 
update it a little bit if it needs it and definitely repurpose it as an email. The only piece of advice around repurposing content I'd like to give is um, in terms of how it looks on the screen. So you write slightly different ways for um, like long form blog content, for example, or a podcast transcript. You wouldn't be just copying and pasting that into an email. When it comes to writing emails, my advice around the, the text and how it all looks is to make the sentences much shorter and more punchy than you would uh, maybe in like longer form blog content. So I tend to almost use paragraphs as if they were one sentence because when you condense it down to the width of a mobile phone screen, which most people are reading their emails on mobiles, those like those little paragraphs that didn't look that big when I read it on my laptop, when I look at my phone, I'm like, geez, that's like, you know, two inches of text there. So break it up a lot more and just make sure um, if you can highlight stuff with bold or use all caps or italics, anything you can do to kind of make the eye for skim readers to skim down the email and be able to get the gist of what you're talking about. Some people hang on every word, but the sad fact is that not everyone will. So if you can make the text look easy to read and skimmable, that's a top tip because no one wants to open their phone and see a massive wall of text. Like, oh, it's too much. I'm too busy. I'm not going to read <laughs> too much. Too yeah, much, and that yeah. is actually, funnily enough, that one of my best, like, most engaging emails, I think, in terms of responses and stuff was an email I sent out with the subject line, Think Like a Journo, and it was me telling everyone that that was the first piece of advice I got given when I started doing journalism school at university um, was one sentence equals one paragraph, and it's the weirdest concept to get your head around, but it's so handy, and you're so right, emails on mobile phones, everything looks longer. Don't be long-winded, just hit enter after every single sentence pretty much, or maybe two short sentences, because people want that like punchiness when they're reading. So that has been so helpful. And mm -hmm. I really hope that if you haven't had an email list before now, you've started. If you've started one, but you've been a bit sporadic, this has given you a little bit of a kick up the bum, a gentle kick up the bum to start sending more emails and enjoy it as well. Um, and obviously, please do get in touch with either of us or both of us on Instagram and let us know if you're starting an email list. You know, we want to cheer you on as well. But to finish off with Kelly, what are your top three tips for emails and getting started with email lists? So the first top tip is, I have mentioned it already, but this is very important. Put the time in your diary because it's not going to happen. Otherwise, if you're anything like me, you'll fill it up with podcast interviews and client work or whatever else you've got going on. And then you're like, oh no, it's Friday. I'm supposed to send my email out this morning. It's not written. So really put the time in and you don't even need to do it in office hours. So actually I go through phases of life where things are you know, changing. Like my daughter started school this month. So my routine's totally different, but routine change. I really like getting up early in the morning to write my email. So I make a nice cup of tea, my favorite mug. I'll get cozy on the sofa, you know, and sit there with my laptop and write that email first thing. So I feel like a real sense of achievement when it was done and I shut the lid and then carried on with my day. But, you know, if you're not an early bird and that fills you with dread, thinking of getting up early to write an email sounds horrific, then you don't need to do that. Maybe you're more productive in the evening, so perhaps you want to sit down after dinner. But the key is stick the time in your calendar so that it pings up and reminds you, oh, yes, I need to be writing my email. Or maybe, you know, on a Friday, you want to go off to a coffee shop and sit there, you know, writing an email, like all those other people in the coffee shop with their laptops out. Whatever works for you, but top tip, if it's not in the diary, it won't happen. So put it in and then it will become part of your routine and you'll, you'll coast through it easily. Excellent. So another tip, Michelle. Yes, let me think. Yes. Um, so my second tip <laughs> is around actually getting clear on what you want the email to do for you. So again, I have mentioned this already, but 
just in case you missed that bit. It's really important that you've got a reason to write the email. And like I said, that could just be um, as good enough as I want to nurture the people on my list. So I'm going to get them to see a little um, another side of me. Um, or maybe it's as important as right next week, I'm launching this thing that people can buy. So I'm going to start teasing it this week in these emails. Um, another sort of tangent top tip on that is if you are coming up to do a big launch of something, start letting your subscribers know that it's coming because one of the biggest mistakes that I see is people have something to shout about or sell and they keep it a secret and then they go, boom, it's here and no one knew it was coming and they're like reeling in shock and they're not ready to buy. So if you can warn people and say, I'm launching this thing in like October, so you want to be staying on my emails and I'm going to tell you all about it or that thing's coming in two weeks time. So keep warming people up. So have a plan as much as you can and figure out what you actually um, are. What's the point? What's the point of your email? And have that in mind when you sit down to write. And then third and final tip, might as well make it three, feels like a good number, is to capture those email ideas on the fly. So when you're about and kind of get into this habit of thinking, oh, that's an email. It might even be that a client has said something to you or you've had a nice review or um, you know something that's come up like a case study even. But whatever happens, whether it's in work or personal life, if there's some way that you can kind of tie it back to your work, your business, or it's something that you think my ideal client would appreciate reading about that then make a note of it because you will forget. <laughs> so wherever you can, I, we're all attached to our mobile. So yeah, it makes sense to stick it in there. And then when it comes to sitting down and writing that email, you can scroll through your little ideas bank and it feels like, yes, easy peasy. I'll write about that thing there, which was really great at the time. Glad I wrote it down because otherwise I would have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Please let people know where they can find you online and more importantly, where they can sign up to your email list. And I will also put a link to my email list in the show notes as well as yours, because I am terrible at remembering to tell people to join my mailing list for weekly pep talks. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should talk about growing your email list in another podcast. Yeah. But Don't um, keep it yeah, a secret. Where can, <laughs> where can people find you so if you go to cheerupmarketing.com there's plenty of opportunity to opt into my list so if you don't want the lead magnet scroll down to the footer and you can join the cheer list there if you do want the freebie and um, the subject line guide it's all over the place but there's usually an announcement bar at the top of my site that's live so it's called um, 10 subject line tactics to get your emails open so when you sign up there you'll go into my little welcome sequence so you know have a look at those emails and get some inspiration for your own welcome sequence you'll get about five emails one a day and then you'll go on to like a weekly not a newsletter list the cheer list um so that's there and then I do still enjoy social media no matter how much of a bashing that I do give it and say email is better but I'm most active on Instagram so at cheer up marketing or if you like Facebook and you want to be in a group with me and about 900 other business owners all chatting about email marketing check out from spam to wham email marketing community that's my facebook group and it's free come on over thank you again for joining me thank you michelle thanks for having me and everybody email marketing is awesome go do it start today in get started today time 10 years time think of where your business will be with mega list it'll be amazing thank you so much for listening to this episode of content etc If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. 
Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.